I need to ask you something. Are you okay? Like for real, are you okay? And I'm asking because I know that everybody's instinct when someone asks you that is just to say, I'm fine or I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. But honestly, are you? Because I just keep hearing more and more from women that they are not feeling all that great. And we know statistically that a lot of us are just not thriving. 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. 30 million women are suffering from thyroid dysfunction. One in eight couples is seeking fertility treatments. Up to 13% of women have PCOS. Almost a quarter of all women are getting diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And this is just not okay. One of the biggest culprits causing these hormone imbalances is chronically unbalanced blood sugar. It's happening to over 88% of us and it's making us sick. But here's the thing. When you learn how to balance your blood sugar, you can experience more energy, less anxiety, regular and less painful periods, optimized fertility, healthier metabolism, clearer skin, better sleep, and so much more. I know because I went from being a total sugar addict who was stuck in the cycle of unbalanced blood sugar and my hormones were completely out of whack to learning how to balance my blood sugar and healing my PCOS, reducing my anxiety, improving my sleep, getting pregnant naturally, and just feeling amazing in my body. And that's why I'm so passionate about teaching women how to balance their blood sugar. It is the key to unlocking so many things that make us feel good and thrive in our health. And I want you to learn how to do it too, which is why I am so excited to invite you to join my free masterclass. It's not you, it's your blood sugar. How your unbalanced blood sugar is causing your mood swings, weight gain, painful periods, and fertility challenges, and what you can do about it. This topic is so important to me, and I really want you to be able to join in live. So I'm actually giving you two options for when to join, either Sunday, March 3rd, or Thursday, March 8th. Click the link in the show notes to sign up and spots are limited, but I will tell you guys, my podcast listeners are the first ones to be hearing about this because I love you guys. I have such a special place in my heart for you. I feel like the podcast is where you really get to know me and you get to learn on a deeper level. And if you love what you're hearing on this show, you're going to love the masterclass because there are visuals there to help you really understand it and tie it together in a different way. The live part is going to be so much fun because we're going to be able to chat. You'll be able to ask me questions and I absolutely cannot wait. So make sure that you grab your spot and reserve it. Click the link in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you there. Hi friends. Welcome back to the show. I'm very, very excited to share today's episode with you. And it's interesting because I never would have thought that I would be sitting here talking about the power of our menstrual cycles into a microphone and sharing that out with women all over the world. And even when I started my journey, I really approached it from this very like logical scientific place of really wanting to learn more about health and hormones and the science behind it and really just focusing on nutrition. As I got more and more deeper into this health and hormones world, and I was reading more and taking courses, there was this stuff that would come up about, you know, the menstrual cycle and eating differently during the different phases of your cycle. And like, then there are even people who, you know, plan their calendars around their menstrual cycle and really try to tap into the energy of each phase of the cycle. And that just did not resonate a lot for me. It felt a little bit woo-woo. It felt very like crunchy granola girl that didn't really sit well with me. Not in a bad way. It was just like, that's not really my thing. 
But also at the same time, the truth is I had been on birth control for a number of years. And then once I got off of it, I did not have a regular period. And then when I finally did regulate my period, I got pregnant not long after. And I was really starting to dive into this whole health and hormones world when I was already pregnant and saw that changing my diet worked. Like that's where I decided I wanted to become a nutrition coach and started taking courses and reading more books. And I feel like the first time I learned about this was when I read Woman Code by Elisa Vitti. It's a very, very well-known book in this world all about how to understand your cycle and connect to the different phases of the cycle. And while I was reading it, I remember like there were just kind of parts where I rolled my eyes. I was like, this is not, it's not for me. Now, again, that being said, I wasn't really living with my cycle at that point because I was pregnant and then I was breastfeeding for a long time and then I had a short break in between um, breastfeeding my daughter and then getting pregnant with my son. So the truth is there was a number of years where I was interested in the health and hormones world, but I wasn't actually getting a period this time for healthy reasons because I was pregnant and breastfeeding. And it's only something that recently, as I've started cycling again, I've been able to kind of tap back into And it's something that I've been really embracing, this idea of really tapping into the different energies and noticing where your body is at at different phases in your cycle and what you need. And it's been a really incredible journey. And so something that I just wasn't ready for a couple of years ago and did not think it was for me, I'm so excited to be embracing it now. And I feel like a lot of women are waking up to this and wanting it. I hear from so many women also, even just one reason they want to get off of birth control because you know there are a number of different effects of birth control, which we're not going to get into right now. But one of the reasons that people want to get off of it is they want to experience these different natural phases of the cycle. And we were born to have our hormones fluctuate in these different ways. And there's a lot of different gifts to glean from it at different times. And so I think it's really cool to be diving into this This episode, I got to interview an expert, Lindsay Dalton, who really helps women connect to their cycles and connect to their bodies in a really beautiful way. There was like a part of this episode I almost started crying, honestly, because it just really, um, I don't know, it like hit at the core of womanhood and connecting to ourselves. And I really loved it. I think you guys are going to love it too. So let me tell you a little bit about Lindsay. Lindsay Dalton is a menstrual cycle and feminine embodiment coach and the founder of Where the Wild Women Are, a community centered around connecting on a deeper level to our cyclical wisdom, the rhythm of the earth's seasons, and our own intuition. Lindsay's work has been grounded in supporting women with reclaiming the rites of passage and to discover their inner power. Lindsay has held space for hundreds of women for over a decade in her role as a birthkeeper, a doula, a breastfeeding counselor, which also naturally led to her interest in helping women connect with their wombs, heal their menstrual cycles, their challenges, and restore their faith in their bodily wisdom. Listen into this episode to hear Lindsay share her own story of how she became interested in cycle awareness, birth, and connecting to our feminine energy, the four different phases or different seasons of our cycles, how the shame around our first periods can manifest as trauma in the womb for so many women, and how this can affect birth and not only birth, but also infertility, how cycle awareness changes your relationship with yourself and how to heal your relationship with your body and build more trust when you connect to this inner knowing. I really think you guys are going to love this. So let's dive into this episode with Lindsay. Welcome to the About Health and Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Allen, a recovered sugar addict turned certified nutrition coach on a mission to help women learn how to balance their hormones and optimize their fertility. On this podcast, we have conversations with experts about all things health, 
hormones, wellness, nutrition, and more to give you the information, tips, and tricks you need to take control of your health and feel amazing in your body. I am so happy that you're here and I can't wait to dive in. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get into everything that you offer because you really specialize in helping women understand their menstrual cycle, how to embody their feminine energy. And I feel like this is something that so many women nowadays really need. And I'm just excited to get into it with you. Before we get into all the cool stuff that you're going to share with us, can you just tell us how you got to be here? Like, were you always interested in hormones and being in touch with your cycle or not so much? I've always been fascinated in women's, you know, the amazing miracle that is women, really, and, and how our bodies work. Like from um, about maybe like 10, 11, I started just being really fascinated and like, wow, women can have babies and birth these babies. And I was just really fascinated in how, like, how does it work? And just really, I remember my sister had these, like, we both had these kind of subscription um, magazines and binders that we bought like every um, month with our pocket money, with our allowance. And mine was all about babies. And I thought it was just going to be like looking after babies, you know, like little girls are maybe sometimes interested in dolls and things. So I thought it was just going to be like that, how to look after babies. And it ended up being explaining like everything about conception and pregnancy and lactation and birth and everything. And I was just like, wow, oh my God, this is amazing. So from there, that kind of planted an idea already, I think. And uh, fast forward, I became a doula after I had my first um, child, which she's now going to be 13 in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I became a doula. I got completely fascinated, even more so in pregnancy when I was pregnant myself. Um, and I had a doula for that birth. So that had been kind of a natural progression, I guess, into kind of women's health and working with women, especially around um, conception and birth. And the more that I, um, the more that I supported women, the more that I saw their relationship to their the faith in their bodies, their, the belief in they had this belief that their body was already flawed, that it was that there was a curse against them, that there was their body was working against them, especially their womb. And I started to see this as we were in the kind of preparations for birth, you know, working with them antenatally when I asked them, and I don't know why I asked them, it wasn't that anyone had ever told me that was this link, but I just always asked them about their periods um, when they were pregnant. I said, like, what was your period? What are your periods like? And what was your first period like? And, and that was when I started to notice this link between, you know, their initiation into, into womanhood and, and how they felt about that, not necessarily the symptoms, but how they really felt about that, setting up this belief system um, in in relation to pregnancy and birth. So I guess that's been my kind of journey to uh, where I've been coming from with the menstrual cycle. That's so interesting. It's funny because I feel like a lot of that came out for me before giving birth. I mean, I think it's natural, especially in your first pregnancy to have a lot of fears come up before birth. Sure. Yeah. But I think especially in, you know, I'm from the United States and just in typical Western culture, we're really taught that birth is very scary, very painful. I would love to hear you talk more about that. Like, what are some of these beliefs when you say, you know, we have this negative association or this fear of the womb? What does that mean? Uh, a lot of us have had either two experiences, and this is what I, what I hear 
um, commonly when I speak with women about their first uh, menstrual cycle, um, or, sorry, their first period, um, it's either been uh, very ignore, ignored. So they have the experience that's it's a, quite a big deal, you know, when you're young and you're in that real, you know, I'm sure we can all kind of bring ourselves back to that that first experience and, and feel what it feels like to to know that you're now not a child, but you don't feel like you're a grown up. You don't feel like you're a woman. You don't feel like equipped to do that. And it's this kind of there's kind of this crossing of there's some actual grief involved in that, in that transition of no longer being, you know, a child. <laughs> you're not, you know, physically, and there's a significance around it, and there's a sacredness around it that isn't spoken to. We don't have the we don't have the culture around their significance. So there's, it's either very much ignored and like the experiences that I hear is it's like they, you know, talk to their, to their mom or their, their dad or their caregiver. And it's very much like, okay, here's what to do practically. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the pads or the tampons or whatever it might be. And that it's not discussed on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on anything, on any other level other than practicality. This is a practical thing. This is a biological thing. And we're not going to speak about the fact that this now changes you in some way and how you feel about yourself. Or it was a, quite a traumatic event for quite a lot of women, uh, quite a lot of girls, sorry. They were maybe away. They weren't prepared. They weren't spoken to about it prior. So they didn't know what was happening. I had sev- several women telling me, I, I thought I was dying. I was just bleeding and I didn't know why. And I thought there was something awfully wrong with me. So it actually registered as a trauma for them. And the thing is with trauma and emotion is it gets stored within the body, within the womb, and especially when it is a womb issue, that's where it's being stored. So then, you know, we know about trauma, then there's repeated incidents that trigger, remind us. So every time they then have the period, even though they now know and have the knowledge, it's okay, I'm safe, it's my period, it's fine. Um, But there's still a trauma. You know, and then if we add in, obviously, you know, cramps, and obviously some people have really debilitating symptoms, especially when they're young, that's leading them, you know, staying off school and all this kind of thing. So interesting. I never really considered, I mean, I started kind of chuckling when you were talking about this because I haven't thought about the first time I got my period in a very long time. And it is, it's an uncomfortable memory that I wouldn't, I didn't feel like it was traumatic, but it definitely wasn't, you know, a positive experience. And it's really interesting to think about like what the significance is when you are transitioning from child to, you know, a young girl to a woman and how there's not really space given for that beyond the practicality. Like I would say I was equipped in that sense. You know, we had a health class. They told us, you know, this is, there's tampons and pads at the school nurse if it ever happens in school or my mom gave me those things, but right, there was no conversation around that like emotional, spiritual transition, which now that I'm thinking about it is so massive. How could we not talk about that? But I guess it's just kind of not the norm in our culture. Yeah. And the thing is like, you know, it's it's very much, it hasn't been modeled, you know, by our mums and their mums and, and it's getting better, you know, it's, you know, even, you know, further back, if you talk to your mum, your grandma, it's, you know, wasn't spoken about. We didn't, you know, it's much better now. We are now inviting boys into these health classes with the girls as well. So they're getting to hear about it, which is is great because it's about breaking the taboo. And there's often just a feeling of, of shame, of confusion, of being just in the cusp, you know, like being a bit in, in limbo, being a bit in between worlds. And that feeling is 
it's so confusing you know puberty itself is so confusing being in between spaces um you know it's just it's, and that's very similar to pregnancy you know being in between you know i'm not yet a mum but i'm holding this baby but i'm not on the other end of it and it's just a very strange place to be in and it makes you feel very um lost i guess very disconnected sometimes and I think that's what we need to be, you know, speaking to girls about is just the validation. You know, we're not trying to fix it. We're not trying to make it uh, really super. It's never going to be a super simple, easy experience, but it's just about validating and speaking to giving space for that. I love that. It's funny. This is a little bit random, but I think about this book, The Catcher in the Rye. I don't know if you've read it. I think about it all the time. I had to read it in high school. And the whole premise of the book is this boy who's trying to like catch the innocence of children before it goes off the edge into adulthood. I'm not joking. I literally think about it every week. I've read it several times. I've taught it when I used to teach English. And um, it like really, it, it's always a book that's spoken to me so deeply. I love that book because I think it captured something for me of like, I, I missed out on that. I needed someone to like catch me when I was going through my whole transition of teenagehood. And what you're bringing up, I've never thought about it from such a feminine perspective. It's really interesting. Um, but I would love to hear as a doula, how did you see that manifesting in both pregnancy and labor? Because I know for me personally, pregnancy brought up everything to the surface. Like if there was something buried deep within, it was it was up to the surface in pregnancy. And I could imagine a lot of these things around the womb, your womb is just getting it's so much is happening. Um, how does that come up in pregnancy and birth? Absolutely. I mean, I always say, you know, your so that first period is your kind of it's a blueprint, it sets a blueprint of how welcome you feel to be a woman in a woman's body, how welcome that feels, that transition. Like, does that feel safe? Does that feel something I have to kind of like, you know, hide? Does that feel difficult? Whatever it might be, that sets the blueprint. So then when it comes to pregnancy, what's often happened is there's no connection with the womb other than there's a period every month, I kind of forget about it and then just bleed, you know, forget about it. And then, oh yeah, my period again. And we're not really thinking about the cycle as a, as a whole because we haven't been taught to, because we're just talking about the periods, right? We haven't been taught about ovulation and why ovulation exists. And that's the whole point of the cycle and blah, 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 blah. There's no, there's none of that. So there's a real void. There's a real con disconnection with, with the, with the womb. And then as soon as, you know, when, once you're pregnant or you're thinking about becoming pregnant, everything is opening isn't it like your heart just feels like it's like you said you're so emotionally open to everything to all things to your own things to other people's things the to the environment which is exactly as it should be as you're about to to give birth to new life right um but that's what starts to happen is that when i was working with with women um in their pregnancy and obviously we were talking about fears and, and as I said, I would talk to them and ask them about the, their periods. Um, you know, they they would start to open up and and like you have said, really hadn't thought back. No one had asked them the question about their, peri their first periods. So I would take them back to that. I'd have them just close their eyes and just, I'd say, right, just close your eyes and come back to that first time. And I want you to really just imagine what was happening and to be that girl. So how old were you? Okay, 12, 13, whatever. Uh, where were you? But most importantly, how does it feel? Like, what can you feel in your body? Where do you feel that? And of course, the tears start coming. They're like, I just feel this, you know, shame or whatever. It's, and it's in my womb and it's in my, or it's in my heart. It's in my throat. A lot of the time it's in the throat. And, and just bringing them into the somatic presence of what's, what's been held this whole time that now wants to come through. 
so that they can really then have this relationship with the womb. And often that begins with saying sorry to the womb, like, sorry, I haven't been in connection and relationship with you at all. And now I'm expecting all of this from you, like to grow and birth my child. And I haven't had a relationship with you or I've told you you were wrong or I thought, oh no, every month you come. So, and now you need to be saying yes to these contractions, waves, surges, whatever you want to call them. So now you need to be saying yes to your womb and being, being friends and being one thing. <laughs> so it's about bridging that, finding that connection piece and a really kind of, yeah, communicating with the womb. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. It speaks a lot to me because I, I wanted to have a natural birth. I, I almost feel like I didn't choose it in the end because my labor, thank God, it happens really, really quickly. But it was the most healing experience. And I know a lot of people talk about labor or birth you know, it was the most pain they've ever experienced. I think it was literally the most healing thing that's ever happened to me because it showed me really what my body was capable of. And I think like that's where I started to work on that relationship with myself. I know a lot of women listening to this, they have, or they still are struggling with trying to get pregnant. They're going through infertility. And I see that causing a lot of tension between a person, the soul and the body. Yeah, and so this sure. really, it really, really speaks to me. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit about what we can do to kind of ignite that healing. And I know you said it starts with kind of thinking of that memory, the first period mm-hmm. and restarting your relationship with your womb. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah, what that means is very, it could be very simple. It could be, you know, just putting your hands on your womb space, you know, so we're talking about just, I mean, and I'm really spelling this out because so many women say, well, where is that? What does that mean? You know, when you're pregnant, it's very obvious, <laughs> but where is that? So it's the space just below your um, belly button and your pubic bone. So the womb is kind of a pear shaped and about the same size as a pear. And obviously when you're on your period um, is bigger, it's about the size of a kind of small kind of gala melon. But if you put your hands, your thumbs just below your belly button, and then your um, fingers should be kind of pointed down towards the pubic bone. And you just breathe into that space. You're just physically feeling, what does that feel like to have my hands there? And either it's going to feel like, no, yeah, nothing. Or you might go, well, this is a bit strange. I've not done this before. This feels a bit different. And you just take in a few deep breaths in and out. And then and out. You're just starting to bring your awareness and your presence to your womb and you're just checking in and noticing what comes up for you. Now, some people are going to feel resistance comes up for them. Some people are going to feel, um, oh, this is this feels good. This feels nurturing. This feels nice. And other people are going to feel there's there's like a numbness, a feeling of numbness. And so it's just taking some time just to connect in hands on the womb, even just before you go into sleep. That's the first step, because first we have to acknowledge this space that exists within us. And then we might want to ask the womb, okay, what would you like to communicate? Because our body is in communication with us all the time. And we have so much stuff stored in the subconscious that wants to come through. So we can just ask simple questions like, what would you like to communicate? What's what's present? What needs healing? There's lots of things you can ask, but it can be as simple as putting your hands right there, breathing into that space. Um, and then next would be to really connect with your cycle as a whole. So I think this is where we would see a real difference with, you know, if we were going to change anything. I think we would really help young women, girls to really understand their cycle is not 
a negative thing. And although there may be symptoms they're experiencing, there might be imbalances, there might be all sorts of different conditions that they're going through, that their body is communicating with them. Their body is never against them. You know, the body only wants to keep them safe. Yeah. So really befriending that. For anyone who's listening and they've just grown up with, you know, the classic standard health class education of you get your period once a month and this is what you need to do in order to, you know, deal with that. Can you speak a little bit more about the deepness of the cycle? Like what's actually happening throughout the month when you're not getting your period or how, you know, I know you talk a lot about like aligning what you're doing throughout the day or how you plan things out according to your cycle. I would love to hear a little bit more about that. But first, if you could just give like a basic understanding for people who maybe don't know about the different phases or why that would even make sense. Obviously, we know about the period. That's the obvious part. Um, So then we have our follicular phase of our cycle. And the way I like to explain it, and I think is the easiest way to understand is through using inner seasons. Um, So with inner seasons, we're thinking about the earth seasons, and it can can very much be applicable for for ourselves in our cycle. So follicular stage would be like the spring season, you know, where the seeds have been sown and the new new life is coming through in the earth and this is the same thing that's happening for us so we're getting ready for ovulation it's pre-ovulation so just as spring is happening we are not in full bloom yet but we are just getting into that place and so at this point of our cycle our energy is starting to return so um, our estrogen is on the rise Um, we are starting to feel more energetic we're starting to feel like we want to socialize a little bit more and we start to feel more creative and have more ideas. And this is, you know, this is the part of the cycle where, um, you know, if you do want to start a new project or something like that, this would be a great time of the cycle to do that. Your confidence is starting to rise as well. Um, and then we get into our ovulation. Um, and this is classed as inner summer. So that's what I talk about with inner summer. This is where you're going to feel more confident, um, likely to feel like more sexy more kind of in your you know this kind of Beyonce time that's what I always say (laughs) that that confidence doesn't last super long but you know you can this is the time really where you are going to want to be a bit more visible where you would want to be around people a bit more and again if we were talking about in terms of projects this is really a good time to be you know doing something like this like a podcast I'm in my inner summer now so this is a great time for me to have scheduled this podcast in for example so that's in a summer ovulation um and then we move into so now what's happening is our estrogen was really high and now what's happening is we're gonna have a big uh, sharp estrogen drop and our progesterone is starting to come up as we move into our luteal phase and at this time we're calling this inner autumn now this is the time where our body is either you know it's either had uh your your you've ovulated and you've conceived, or um, you're now getting ready to be shedding that lining, right? But your body is still preparing um, with progesterone rising for your for your baby. Um, so at this point, you are feeling this kind of wrapping up type of energy, like an impatience. So I always say with, um, with the luteal phase, it's like, you know, PMS equals please make space. Please make space at this time. This is the time where you really want to be thinking about like, decluttering, finishing up projects, um, wrapping up, because in autumn, it's ready to let go, ready to shed, ready to release. 
So it's really a time to be, you know, you can get quite a lot done in your luteal phase. I have to say, I do <laughs> go really, and then you have to really start to slow down and start to notice, okay, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I'm not, you know, doing all this and then continuing, I think, which is so difficult for us to do. It's so difficult for us to, to let go and stop and get ready for the resting phase as we move into our inner winter um, of our, uh, our period time. And with inner winter, it's not, you know, if you have a three-day period, you don't have a four-day period, you don't have an inner winter that's four days. It's really just before you're bleeding to when you start to feel that energy shifting again as you move back into your follicular phase. So I hope that kind of gives you a little bit of an overview with um, with the how the inner seasons work. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And I know personally, I was talking about this with you right before we recorded. I've had a very interesting experience with this. I feel like just in the last couple of months, I've been paying a lot of attention to how I feel and trying to tap into what my body is telling me with my cycles, which I haven't really been able to do since mm-hmm. I started my whole health journey because I was you know, going between pregnancy to breastfeeding to pregnancy again and breastfeeding again. So I'm kind of now just getting into this whole tapping into your cycle and exploring that a little bit. And it's really interesting. I've just seen random things come up that I'm curious also what you, like if there are any interesting things you've seen for yourself or with women you work with, like I've seen there's a typical day of my cycle, one or two days where I just feel this anxiety that's not connected to anything. It's not related to work. It's not related to my Mm -hmm. kids. It's, it's, I really feel in my body. I'm just like, oh, this is hormonal going to pass in two days. I kind of just like give that space to it and it does pass. And I've now seen that three months in a row. So things like that have been super interesting or there's one night that I haven't been sleeping super well. And it's like the same night of every cycle. And I'm just like, oh, this is so, it's wild. It's amazing because when you tap into this and you start to really like understand yourself, it's, it's just like someone's handed you the map and you're like, oh, okay. I know now that when I get to this point, I'm going to feel this way. So how can I support myself knowing that that's going to happen? You know, if you know that's the day you're going to feel really anxious, you're going to be able to then really be kind to yourself around that time. Like, you know, really look at when you're scheduling your work and figure, you know, if you know, um, oh, it really helps me if I see my girlfriend at this time, because that makes me feel um, better. You're going to be able to think about that, you know, not always and especially if we've got kind of irregular cycles so that can be a challenge but it's really about tuning into what is happening for you knowing that every single day is changing every single day you're a different version of yourself and although we have all these kind of inner seasons and these properties these different uh, phases of the cycle um what is going on in our life our sleep all of these other things are going to impact our cycle as a whole as well but just the practice of asking yourself, how do I feel today? What do I need today? What can I do to honor that? Even if it's in a small way, is so valuable. It's not always about the answers. It's about checking in with yourself. The fact that you've kind of got yourself, you're holding yourself and you're, and you're noticing. It's bringing awareness, isn't it? Because if you don't have the awareness, you can't make the changes. It's really bringing that awareness. And it's amazing that you've been able to pick up those those things. Yeah, for me, day eight, I'm quite um, weepy. Um, <laughs> weepy is that word? Um, yeah, I'm just a bit more like fragile. And I think it's very much that inner spring. You know, I, I like to talk a lot about the feminine archetypes, which is a whole other subject, but it's very the inner spring follicular phase is the maiden archetype. So it brings up a lot of our kind of vulnerability often 
Um, so it's about always going quite slowly in the inner spring and not kind of charging into product projects just because we are now, you know, out of the, uh, in the winter and, you know, feeling, feeling that energy. You don't want to just go crazy and just do everything all at once. You're like superwoman, just taking it all on. Um, and day 25 is, I've got it in my, like that's blocked out. If I haven't made space for myself, somewhere between kind of day 20 to when, day 28 um it has to happen by day 25 otherwise I will be not a nice person to be around <laughs> like it, and, and my family know it they know like I take my I take that space because it's going to benefit me and them not just you know yeah it's that's so cool I love that idea of you know you need to take space before a certain date and that's kind of where your threshold is like I've even seen, let's say for myself, one way that it's manifested is I do a lot of stuff on social media and I actually love sharing with my community on Instagram, but there are days where I notice if I'm just like a little bit more fragile, I'm like, you know what? Being on Instagram is just not doing good things for me. Like today's not the day to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not posting and I'm not creating on those days. And like, it's, it is, it's just very cool to be able to tap into that. And it doesn't necessarily make me feel a hundred percent on those days. I still don't, but I'm able to take what I need when I'm not feeling a hundred percent. One thing I also wanted to ask you, this is somewhat of a selfish question because I struggle a lot with this. I live a lot in masculine energy. And for people listening, if you don't know what that is, I'm not like, I'm not manly. I think I'm very feminine in a lot of ways. I like to, you know, dress like a girl and wear makeup. I'm not talking about like being masculine, but masculine energy is being very like hyper-productive, very Mm -hmm. ambitious. I'm very into like goal setting and accomplishing And I think the way that a lot of, you know, people in like the personal growth space or different men who are really successful talk about, you know, how to, how to go about doing things like that, especially when it comes to business, it's a very masculine energy of like, you know, every day to push yourself and be better and do this and do that. And I'm wondering how you help women tap into feminine energy, especially I just think our whole world is kind of running in this masculine schedule, masculine energy. So do you have any advice around that? Yeah, I think first of all, speaking to that, um, yeah, I mean, it is the, the nine to five um, schedule, the work, the working day is set, set up upon the man cycle, the male cycle, which um, is a testosterone cycle that that starts to kind of rev up at nine o'clock and drop. So it's at peak at nine, 10 o'clock and then drops by five, four, five o'clock. I did not know that. I thought it was yes. all just about the circadian rhythm. So it's a daily cycle and their testosterone, if you, if you track it, you know, is really great in the morning. That's why often men like morning sex, right? Like morning huh. <laughs> testosterone's higher, get more done, go for a run, all that stuff. And then by five o'clock, it's the end of four, five o'clock energy starting to, to drop. And that's the working day set up like that. And every day is the same. I hear a lot of people talking about like, you just need to wake up early, wake up at 5 a.m. You're going to crush the day and kill it. And I'm a morning person, but I'm like, every time I hear those things, I'm like, you clearly are not breastfeeding a kid every day at 5.30 a.m. If I'm waking up, it's not by my own will. And like, I'm just thinking of, especially so many of the people in my community, they're in that space where they're either trying to get pregnant or they're mm-hmm. pregnant postpartum where like sleep is everything rest is everything. And yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that about the workday being based off of testosterone, but sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, no, no. It's a little bit like, hmm, okay. So yes, just a little bit angry. Um, But it just means that for us, you know, our cycle within our infradian rhythm is through the month, right? So there are times where 
you know, we can do with less sleep. And there are times in the cycle where we cannot, we really need the sleep and we need to have the later mornings or whatever it might be. And I can't remember what your question was now. (laughs) Just about how to tap more into that feminine energy in this world that's so masculine. Yes, yes, yes. So, so really recognizing that daily everything is changing, that we are constantly changing and starting to notice um, how that makes us feel. So um, coming into more acceptance of that and seeing each phase of the cycle as a new gift and that every month when you then have your bleed, that shedding, that release is, is a, is another way of restarting. So rather than like doing goals, for example, if you were to talk about goals, um, you know, as a daily thing or as a, you know, six week sprint or whatever they, you know, 90 day goals or whatever it might be really looking at the cycle, um, as a way that you can work with it and align with it so that you're reviewing each month, each cycle and using your time where you have your bleed as kind of a, a, a pause, a space to kind of review and reflect on what worked well for me this month, this cycle, and what didn't, where do I need to put in more boundaries? Where do I need to um, create more self-care for myself? Really starting to tune into this is the cycle I really see as a framework, like as a, it really is almost like the masculine holding of all the flow, all the energy and all the creativity that belongs to the feminine. So if you can start to see the cycle as this is holding space and this is holding the energy of everything that is moving within. So you're constantly changing, but we have this, you know, this pattern, don't we? We've, we've talked about it, this follicular, this ovulation, this luteal phase. So this pattern continues and it, it's the same, even though it might be changing, it's the same um, concept is the same. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. I'm curious, do you ever work with groups of women? Like what happens when there is a group of women? I don't know if it's ever a whole community, but a group of women who are all kind of tapped into this. I'm so curious how it manifests because I feel like even when I've taken this journey to be more aware of my cycle and how I feel, it's very much an isolated thing. I still don't feel like I live in this world. I mean, I've connected with people mostly online who you know also do this or- have read similar books. I have a few friends who are kind of into this stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm curious what, like what happens when you do a group workshop or there's a cohort of friends who are all really tapped into this? Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, I obviously work quite a lot in groups because my program's a group program. I run women's circles. So that's quite, um, you know, a common space for me to be in and, and hold. And, and it's, and it's be- beautiful because it's about acceptance. It's about that person knows this about themselves and then somebody else might say oh I've noticed that too so then there's they're speaking to a similar um experience which is always you know there's nothing more powerful than shared experiences and you know not feeling like you're the only person that feels that way or somebody else might notice something and say do you know what I've really noticed that I want to spend more money when I'm ovulating isn't that odd oh my goodness me too which is a thing, by the way. <laughs> I've seen a study about that. Very interesting. And so it's so, it's so the more, the more we talk about our cycles, the more we tap into our cycles, the more we start to realize that so much is governed by it. You know, what is it? 480 hormonal fluctuations a month. Like there is so much going on within us. We are not um, one way. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing I see happen is when, you know, when I just 
speak with women and hear women's experiences and I say you're not supposed to be linear you know you're not supposed to be doing the same thing every day you know that feeling of being like I'm on it I've I've got the slow cooker on I've made all the kids beds I'm superwoman I'm amazing and that energy you get and then that oh no I can't do anything anymore and that feeling of like what's wrong with me why can't I just be more organized why can't I just get more done why can't I be like this person down the road but if you know okay well that was in my you know in that inner summer that was where I was if you know you can save a little bit of that energy because you're not going to hold on to that forever and you can now move your focus on to doing something maybe you can make things a little bit easier for yourself as you go into your luteal phase and as you go into your bleed you will get that energy back again you will find that space again but just hearing and seeing the relief on their faces when they're like oh, I thought I was the only one that felt that I thought I was the only person that was been beating myself up for not being able to be the same every single day, not being able to be linear, to basically be trying to fit yourself into a man's world, a man's cycle. It's not who we are. I think so much of this contributes to just this subconscious eating up on ourselves that most women, I don't even think most women are aware of it, but we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I was talking to someone recently who was just like, you know, I feel like women are not okay these days. Women are really not okay. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, there's just so much pressure and so much anxiety and so, you know, so much, it feels so heavy right now. And I think a lot of it has to speak to this, that like, we're not really embodying a lot of the powers that we were really given through our cycle. I mean, that's just one piece of it, but it it like really deepens your connection to yourself. And I think, I think it's amazing that you just help women connect to this and become aware of it because most of us don't, I mean, you could go your whole life without knowing about this. It's great. And I, I mean, personally, I love to be able to like, if I've made plans with my friend, for example, and then I'm maybe my, maybe I haven't realized that my period was coming or, you know, my cycle's been a bit shorter or whatever it might've been. Um, or maybe I just, you know, I'm not feeling like going, I can actually just say, Hey, it's day one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I'm not really good company right now I just want to be my myself and she's like yeah no worries you know and I have my friends text me the same thing you know they're like oh do you know what uh day 27 I really don't feel like I don't want to be around people I'm like yeah that's fine go do something nice for yourself whatever it might be like the fact that we've got this real like normalization between us is so like healthy and refreshing to me Yeah. And I feel like then there's no drama. There's no, oh, she blew me off. It's just, it's like so understood. It's just so real because we've been doing it since we've been 13 years old, pretending, going to school every day, pretending nothing's happening, (laughs) you know, pretending we're not changing every day, pretending, you know, we're not bleeding. How many girls have, you know, been shoving the tampons down the jumpers and going, try to be quiet with the rappers. It's just so much pretense, you know, so much pretending that nothing's going on. I always think that's funny though. I'll like, I'll talk about this stuff. I'll talk about it on the podcast. And still, if I have to like go to the bathroom and uh, I'm putting it in my sleeve, I'm putting it in my pocket. Like, I don't, I don't want everyone to know. I mean, I also, I also believe there's like a space for privacy. That's not secrecy. A hundred percent. Yes. I agree with that. So like, I'm, but I, I notice it and I do sometimes chuckle. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm 28. Like, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> I know, but it's just so liberating to be able to talk about it and just be able to be like, you know, this is this is what it is and to really own it, I guess, is the thing. Totally. Mm. Um, I have to bring up the journal because you created this beautiful journal that I told you I was looking at it. 
I, I was just so impressed by it. Um, and I want you to tell our listeners about the journal and how that can be a tool to really help them start to gain this kind of awareness. So I created the journal because I talk about journaling all the time because it's just so useful for me. I have a really busy head. I think we all do. And I think if you're a mom, like you're holding so many other people's information, like who likes broccoli touching their peas, you know, who's doing this this day, like it's just so much going on. And for me, journaling has been so, so useful in releasing a lot of that um, noise that's going on and helping me kind of figure out how do I feel about something and connect with myself. So I've talked about journaling for so long that uh, it just made sense for me to make the journal um, that I've been, you know, so, you know, banging on about for so long, really. Um, the journal itself takes you through, um, it, so it's every day, it's everyday prompts, and it's just three questions that I've always been talking to people about, and so, you know, the people that I work with, the women that I work with, which is, what? how do I feel right now? And so I teach those those women to really um, connect with themselves somatically. So it's not just what am I thinking about? It's really how am I feeling? And that helps them to really take a moment just to notice because you've often got up and gone through the day uh, not noticing what's going on with yourself. So just to take a moment, like how, how am I feeling? And you might not realize, oh, I've got a bit of anxiety going on or actually I feel quite energized or I feel impatient, whatever it might be. It asks you, what do you need? What do you need? Um, and that one's been very interesting to, to notice women going, well, I can't possibly talk about what I need because then I'll be disappointed that I can't get it. Mm. <laughs> so I need, I need a day at the spa, but I'm, I'm not going to get that today. Okay. But can you just at least say what you need? Honestly, can you just write down what you need? Like that really, really resonates. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Something's coming up for me when you said that, like, mm -hmm. what do you need? And that resistance to say it because you don't want to be disappointed. That really, yeah. wow, yeah. that really, really resonates. Yeah. It's, it's pretty big. And I mean, we could, we could talk about that on another level because that really goes back to childhood and, and on being able to vocalize and express our needs and being told we're needy and you can't have everything you want and all of this stuff. So that really goes back to that. But so taking the practice to actually say, what do I need? really helps you to feel like you matter really really important step and then how can i honor those needs even just one percent of those needs so you know if it was let's use my spa day example okay that that can't happen but what what would be useful so in the spa day there's quiet there's music there's you know there's time for myself so how can i honor that need for space let's say for quiet calm space what could i do one percent and if that means i only get five minutes of meditating or uh, if that means i'm going to take some essential oils into the shower whatever it's going to be <laughs> and it might be i need to put a boundary up for this person it might be i need to have a difficult conversation because it's been going through my head whatever it might mean for you how can you honor it in just a small small way and that's a daily practice and it asks you obviously about your inner season so you can start to track those inner seasons i was talking about also asks you about the moon so you can start to notice where you might be in relationship with the moon which is quite interesting and then every month there's a like a wheel so you can start to notice your patterns it's a lot easier to do on the wheel as well um there's an oracle card spread as well there's all sorts of different little bits and bobs in there and i go through the inner seasons um at the beginning of the journal but and there's lots of space there for free writing because that's really really important but journaling through the cycle 
um, has been for me just has changed everything for me. It's changed my relationships. It's changed my relationship to myself. It's helped me make decisions. It's really wow. been pivotal. It's so cool. I need to get the journal. I call myself a journal junkie. I love journals. I love <laughs> planners. Like I love writing stuff down. Um, and you very generously offered to give our listeners a discount, which we so appreciate. And I think the discount quote is it's podcast, right? That's right. Yeah. For 10%, which is so generous. I feel like everyone should get the journal, start doing this. It's such a simple way to tap into noticing these patterns. And I want to ask you also, cause I know people will try to start with this and they'll be, let's say looking at like seven days. They're like trying to analyze mm. everything about their periods. Can you talk about how it could take a little bit of time to tap into this? Because I think some people, you know, we want that instant gratification. We're used to getting sure. that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. It really does take probably a good three months, I would say, three cycles to start to really notice patterns. Because like we've already said, you know, so many things can be going on during your life if you're ill or your kids are ill or, you know, stress is going on. So your cycle might have been a bit wonky that time. But um, yeah, over three cycles, I would say is the kind of minimum. It does take longer, I'd say, to really start to feel like I know my cycle inside out because um, just for the, for the same reasons I've said, really. Um, and even more so if you have had a level of disconnect or trauma or a lot of emotional um, stuff going on with your womb space, um, then you might find it takes slightly longer. So everyone's different. So really just being kind to yourself on how long this journey takes for you. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lindsay. This was amazing. Can you tell everybody where they could find you, how you work with women and yeah, just all about everything you're doing. Thank you so much. It's so great to chat with you. And um, so you can find me um, on Instagram where the wild women are dot community. Um, you can find me on my Facebook group, which is where the wild women are. Um, so that's I love the name. Group. I Thank love you. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, what else can you do? I've got a podcast called Where the Wild Women Are as well. And what else do I have? I work with women um, to support them on exactly what I've been talking about. So really kind of handholding to get to know your cycle uh, in a program called Reclaim. And it's very much held as a women's circle. And it's all about kind of tuning in with your feminine essence we do like singing in circles. It's all beautiful. And I have lots of like different embodiment practices that I bring in. We go through the inner seasons on a deeper, on a deeper level. Um, but I also work with women if they want support, if they've got um, emotional challenges around their cycle blockages or um, actually physical symptoms as well around their cycles. So that's how I work with them. Um, I think that is everything. And I've got a website where the, where the uk. Uh, slash shop is where you'll find the journal just pop in your discount code okay amazing yeah we'll link all that up in the show notes so that everyone can find it easily Perfect. and Lindsay, thank you so much for everything that you shared the work you do is so important and it was so great to have you thank you so much it was so great talking to you thank you so much for listening to the about health and hormones podcast if you loved today's episode i would love to know please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so I can make this podcast even better for you all. I would love to connect with you. Follow me on Instagram at Lauren Allen Nutrition or head to my website, www.laurenallennutrition.com to learn about my coaching programs and stay up to date on all of my latest workshops and courses. I am so glad you are here today and I wish you all health and happiness.